It's time for Money for Lunch, where we feed your brain and your business with supersized portions of business and financial news. Now your host, Bert Martinez. All right, here we are. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for stopping by. I'm excited. Uh, I have a very, very unique guest today. And uh, we were talking before the show, and so he gave me permission to use his... uh, his nickname, for lack of a better term, uh, a day. Uh, but I'm going to try to introduce him correctly uh, because uh, he warrants a um, a correct uh, introduction. Um, let's see, a day Aboyami Olufeko, monogamously um, known as a Adelu, Ade Olu or even a day, uh, as he's given me permission to call him. He is a preeminent thinker, technologist, and nonfiction writer who works in the humanities and the creative innovation sector. He has co-created, managed, and produced thoughtful consumer experiences for the web, mobile, and public spaces. I'm excited to have him on the show to talk about uh, one of his creations called Visual Collaborative. and uh, and just a wonderful human being. I got uh, I got to hear about him from somebody else who was recently on the show. I'm excited to introduce you to Ade. Welcome, Ade, to the show. Hi, Bert. Uh, thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, I was uh, close with your with your full name there. But I'm very excited to have you here and to talk about uh, what you've been doing. Um, you know, with visual collaborative. So, so let's talk about this. First of all, kind of explain what visual collaborative is. Uh, yes, uh, thanks for having me and hi everybody. Uh, so visual collaborative started as just an idea. It really didn't have a name at first. Uh, I was working, I had a regular technology job in web development using open source tools. Uh, my background is a little bit of a hybrid technology and the creative arts. Uh, Visual Collaborative started in 2006 organically. Like I said, it didn't have a name. Um, And it started towards uh, uh, helping artists, just, you know, regular paint artists, broadcast designers, and and people in the creative sector uh, realize their commercial value. Um, I felt like an artist as well. And um, most artists, not today, but back then, a little over 10 years ago, didn't really have, uh, don't really business savvy. So I stepped in with my technology background, what I'd known, and created this platform to put artists in different cities in the limelight. So Visual Collaborative started as a traveling exhibition and it has gone on from there. Yeah, so, you know, that's, uh, that's actually uh, pretty impressive. And you're absolutely right. I say that most artists, uh, you know, really don't have a business background or really a marketing background. They're great at being an artist, but they cannot, uh, I want to say the majority of them, uh, really have a difficult time marketing their business, promoting their, their artwork, and they depend on, you know, art shows or art exhibitions to try to get the word out, which is great, but it's very difficult to build a business around that because you might have you know, an art show three or four or five times a year, 
Uh, and unless it's an exclusive art show with only that particular artist, you're going to have a tough time breaking through because usually most art shows have more than one artist. So again, you're in a very competitive environment. So um, I think it's very nice of you that you said, hey, let me help out this group because they, they really need some help. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> now, with Visual Collaborative, though, um, you, you know, you focus on basically if I and you correct me if I'm wrong, you, you focus on all sorts of artwork or arts. Let me say arts. Uh, correct. I mean, everything from a from, uh, I think, dance and to to actual visual to everything else. Uh, yes. Yes. Uh, we, we focus on uh, the term in the U.S. is not really uh, popular or the phrase called creative economy. Uh, but if we just kept it in like simple form, the creative sector. So we're talking about architects, dance, uh, performance artists, visual artists, uh, broadcast designers, graphic designers, um, just the, the creative sector. Now, when we started, we just focused on the arts. And I had this vision. I don't know, maybe reading so many books or so many, um, uh, you know, just obsessed with the Wall Street Journal, like, oh, wow, this person started. And after like a certain amount of time, they expanded and then they grew their business a certain way. So when I started, I had an idea of just trying to stay out for like seven years. And after seven years, let's see. Maybe I'll get approached to be bought out. You know, just all this fantasies. Right, um, right. <laughs> but after seven years, um, going exhibit in, in Minneapolis, Minnesota, where it was started, moving to Miami, then um, the mission in San Francisco, and other just different cities before the economy took a hit during the 2008, 2007-2008 um, uh, housing, or the, when everything crashed. Right. And it morphed, it morphed just from arts to actual innovation. Like, okay, nobody's, nobody's uh, scrambling to buy art. You know, they, they're looking, it's a certain demographics. They're, we're looking at, okay, how can we really add value beyond just artists? So it then merged into, the platform merged into like, um, including like other sectors, like the legal sector, like the medical sector, like just different, different areas. And from then, it just, it's just expanded and grown. And I'm very, very thankful that um, all the lessons, the good and not so good ones have really, really shaped where we're, we're moving today. Yeah. Yeah. So, so let's talk about some of the uh, not so good ones. You mentioned the 2008 collapse, um, you know, and what's interesting about the 2008 collapse, that it was really a global recession. I mean, this was really a global collapse uh, and, and, um, and, and and I think you said you were in New York City. Oh, New York City. Okay. So let's talk about this. Uh, did you at that time were you full time into Visual Collaborative or were you still part time? I was still part time. Um, around that time, I you know like I I can't. Remember, I was I was mid twenties. I'd always wanted to move to New York. I was uh, based. I was doing. Um, I was uh, I was running. I was helping a company. Uh, with their web platform. There's so many new names right now, but I was pretty much their web operations manager. Right. And I was doing Visual Collaborative part-time. And uh, some, uh, I guess, providence or some luck or just being always out there meeting different people, I got the opportunity to work with Warner Music as a consultant in New York City, and I moved. <laughs> I moved without... 
well, not so much guidance, but just moved. Um, let me let me just see what opportunity lays in New York. I moved there. I I had no idea that the housing or the 2008 crash was going to come during that recession. So I moved to New York City. It was the right place to be with more creatives, more artists, more innovators. It was just right the mecca of design. Right. um, That, around the time I moved, I also, I think shortly after I did uh, the second um, iteration of the exhibition in Miami. So everything was, everything was rosy. Everything was great. But as reality started to set in, that's when I started to say, oh, wow, was this really the best time to move? I have no regrets, but the stories, I mean, they were horror stories, but um, I'm thankful that even after a few years, um, after 2008, we're able to like come back, pick back up, reevaluate. Um, the not so good times, I, I think everything is a learning experience. Um, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big practitioner or a student of mental toughness. Um, around the time I stumbled across um, um, a catalog called 177 Secrets of the Mental Toughness, um, Habits of the World Class. Right. And, and when, when, the, when it was rough, I said, going through the material, saying that there's no good or bad. They're just lessons. They're just lessons. And right. One of the hard lessons were um, uh, collaborations. Who you work with is important. Um, you have to have shared values. Otherwise, you'd meet at a juncture somewhere with someone, and you can have a pyrrhic victory. And a pyrrhic victory really is after all the bells and whistles and you start doing the profit and losses, you're like, whoa, it actually felt really good, but this sucks. There was no money made. And then the collaborators run up. <laughs> you're laughing, Bert. I think you know we've all been there, right? I mean, you know, that's like part of the entrepreneurial experience. Is you you get together with people, and man, everybody's excited, and all this money comes through, and and at the end of the day, you go, "Oh, we have no money." Yes, it's it's a it's a learning curve. Either you go to business school, or you just have some real, um, uh, I guess, mentors, good mentors, who just maybe just don't want you to take some rough punches, but you you have to go through that learning curve. And um, I think some of the not so good parts were some of the collaborators, you could, as a creative, as a right thinking, when you're dominated by the right side of your brain, you're like human, humanitarian, like you wanna help everybody, you wanna bring your resources, you wanna impress people. But by the end of the day, people just run off with your resources or your personnel, and you're just like, wow, okay. Um, if I'm in this for the long haul, I should, you know, be able to bounce ball and uh, uh, run with, uh, roll with the punches. So that, that was, that was um, uh, the good parts. There's so many good parts. Uh, just cataloging uh, the different venues, uh, intellectual property-wise, owning the rights to those experiences, um, archive footage from how landscapes look and they're not there anymore. Um, and just like wonderful people we've worked with. So uh, there's so many things I can really touch on. Yeah, well, you know what? And uh, I had a, you know, a similar um, experience in the sense that, uh, you know, for the longest time I would, label things good or bad. Hey, 
times are going good, times are going bad. And then uh, kind of like you, you know, you go through the, an experience that really humbles you and makes you think and and uh, really kind of you have to go deep. And kind of like you, I, I also started really studying mental toughness. Yes. And I came away uh, with a new label instead of good or bad. It's hard or easy. And, like and that. that little change helps because, you know, if it's bad, you start asking different questions. Oh, this is bad. I, I don't deserve to be treated like this. And I'm a good person. I shouldn't experience bad. But if it's hard or good, I mean, if it's hard or easy, that's different. I mean, because, yeah. you know, hey, times are hard. Well, then I have to I have to become better. I have to become harder than the hard times or better than the hard times. I got to collaborate with other people to help me get through this hard time quicker, better, faster. And I think this is when a, a good mentor can come in and, and kind of, you know, let you know that, hey, this might be a hard time, but it's normal. Everybody's done it. And, um, you know, there's a. Somebody told me an analogy that I fell in love with, and and it's and it kind of goes like this: where you know this guy is walking down down the sidewalk, and he falls into a big hole, and uh, and and you know he sees a uh, a priest walking by, and he says, you know, priest, can you help me get out of this hole? And the priest writes him writes him a prayer and throws it down the <laughs> hole, and, and then uh, comes by a, a a doctor, and he says, hey, doctor, can you please help me get out of this hole? And so he, the doctor writes him a prescription and, you know, and throws it, throws it down the hole. <laughs> well, all of a sudden his friend comes up and, and he says, Hey friend, Bob, you know, I'm stuck in this hole. Can you help me out? And Bob jumps in the hole with him and he says, Bob, what are you doing? We're both stuck in the hole. He goes, yeah, but <laughs> I know I've been here before and I know how to get out. And so I love that story because Sometimes you need a friend or a mentor to jump in the hole with you absolutely. <laughs> to help you get out. Yeah, absolutely. I like that story. I'm going to still. <laughs> okay. I like it. Well, but you know what? It's something that you said that's interesting is how in the U.S. this idea of collaborative, uh, I don't know, business hasn't really evolved or caught on. And I think that, um, you know, some of the biggest business models out there are collaborative. Yes. You know, I mean, you know, we're all going to have some level of competition, mm -hmm. but I think that, you know, if you can align yourself with the right people so you can have that collaborative energy, then all of a sudden, you know, you, you start to uh, multiply, you know, the, the, the human capital, the brain capital, everything starts to get bigger, better, faster. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm not sure if that was a question or a statement. Um, it was but, more like a thought. I guess it's <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I mean, some of the most big, uh, the biggest uh, uh, businesses out there are partnerships. It could be general partnership, limited partnership, or you know, a holding company of some sort. Um, the most successful ones I've seen, or I've heard, or learned, or admire, or they're in my list of who to work with they do have shared values where when the the uh when it's going rough you look back at your i guess your declaration or your mission statement and say okay wow these are tough times but we can do it um right now that the 
the digital economy is is by the second is growing and the reliance um uh we, we rely on it globally not just in the u.s uh collaboration authentic collaborations meaningful collaborations are really really where it's at right now and i and i just looking at the trajectory i mean even with the, the time times the times are tense um i i still i still see that that word collaborative uh visual collaborative hey so that word collaborative i i i know for a fact that it's going to be part of curriculums in the school. I mean, we go teamwork. Teamwork makes a dream work. But sometimes you can have bad a team mixed with bad elements. But with collaboration, collaborative, I believe that's the way forward. And um, the, I'll say Destiny's darlings are already connecting with each other. All the people who are supposed to be connecting with each other are doing that. Whether they're working 24 hours, whether they're, whether they're an entrepreneur or an entrepreneur, they are connecting. And when the dust and smoke settles, we would see who, who's who. And uh, yeah, yeah, I believe that. So you know what, uh, for our, our audience, you're, uh, you're in West Africa right now? Um, so I, yes, I am in West Africa. I came to uh, look at international partnerships, but with uh, the pandemic that happened, I'm stuck here a little while. Everyone, <laughs> everybody's saying September, uh, but let's see. So yes, I am. Um, I'm in West Africa. I'm not sure how much you know about West Africa, but um, West Africa was colonized by the British, the Portuguese, and the French. So you have a whole concussion of uh, different uh, tribes, um, colonial languages, um, and uh, but it's a it's a it's a it's a cool place. I think you should come out here, Bert. <laughs> I would love to come out there. I, the reason I brought this up is because, you know, talking about um, uh, collaborative, I believe that there is a proverb, an African proverb, something about if you want to go fast, you go alone. But if you want to go far, you go together, something like that. Uh, yes, it's a very, very popular. Um, uh, it's a very, very popular proverb. I do have my own idea about it. Okay. Uh, so I have my own idea about it, which may be contrary to the mass populace, and is not to say everybody else is wrong. But that proverb has been around for eons, a very, very long time, and it's pretty much. In another, another way, saying, um, make a dream, a team makes a dream. Well, when you have a dream and you have a team, it makes a dream work. Uh, but sometimes that proverb, if you're stuck with it and you believe that that's just the only mantra, sometimes you can get into groupthink. And when you get into groupthink, there's not really any authenticity. And... Sure, you go, I mean, you go far than fast, but sometimes when you go far, sometimes you, if it's not really structured well or um, it has like a competent leader, you just realize that you've gone far for nothing. You have Africa right now, and Africa is in, I, I would like to say it's second scramble. 
Uh, second scramble, meaning, well, the first scramble was when uh, most of the uh, countries out here were uh, being colonized in a way uh, with natural resources and whatnot. Um, right now, it's a second scramble. And second scramble is how do you teach Africans with Africans to not look for too much aid, but to tap into the natural resources. Uh, there's a huge uh, consumerism, um, consumerism studies where you're importing lots of Western um, innovations and Chinese innovations, and you're forgetting what you what you have. Uh, you're borrowing money here and there. So I, I know it's kind of long-winded. You just asked me about this uh, proverb. If you want to go far, you know, go together. If you want to go fast, go alone. I'm half and half on that. Um, but anytime I hear that, I always want to let um, the audience or people know where my stance is. I'm not completely for it. I'm for the parts of it where people have um, a very unique strong idea and know that there can be two captains on the ship. There has to be, if you see a trailblazer or a pioneer, push them, push them and push them, you know, push them back, let the wind push them, let them carry the vision. And just like um, in um, Israel, when Moses was leading the 12 tribes, uh, I, I'm sorry, I don't know if if, <laughs> if that answers uh, Judeo Christian, but uh, Moses, everybody talks about Moses as a nice guy, but he was a very, very strong leader. Yes. And the tribes of Gad, um, the tribes of uh, um, Hebron, and each of them had their strengths. So they did go together, but they realized that we can't group think this thing. We had to have a competent leader. So that's where my stance is. Sure. Well, and I think Moses is a good analogy because Moses a lot of people forget that it was also a team effort because he had Aaron. And of course, yeah. forget that he had God, right? So God was like, do this. Yes, yes. <laughs> and so him and Aaron went about and got it done. Uh, but you're right. I think that uh, sometimes just like there's a mob mentality, there's a groupthink mentality. And, you know, sometimes some of the hardest things to do in a collaborative experience or in any kind of leadership role is when a leader who is good in every sense of the word, he has the vision, he's got the integrity, he or she, you know, whatever, they have the integrity, but they're limited. They can only take so they can only take you so far. And then unfortunately, you gotta say, okay, we gotta get a new leader who can take us the next step. Yes. And and you know, you see this quite a bit in the corporate world where you will have, uh, again, you'll have a, a CEO who, mm -hmm. again, will take the company to a certain level and then it it falls out. Yes. And, and, and then they have to find somebody else to, to get to the next level. You know, one of the amazing things about Steve Jobs that I enjoyed so much about his story and, and watching it uh, unfold uh, live, for lack of better terms, is here's a guy who started Apple he gets fired from Apple mm -hmm. and then, you know, um, and then Apple starts to plateau, maybe even starts to slide back. They bring them back to Apple and Apple blossoms again. So it, it's a great example of the importance of a, of a good leader. And he wasn't necessarily 
an easy person to work for. Um, I met several people uh, that he had fired. One oh, yeah? person fired like six or seven times. <laughs> wow. wow. And, and, and she said that when Steve Jobs fired you, uh, he didn't necessarily expect you to, to go away. <laughs> he expected you to regroup and come back. And sometimes firing you was a way to wake you up. Interesting. And, and kind of push you harder, right? And, and uh, you know, there, there are some leaders that can absolutely get the best out of you. And yes. that's, that's hard to do. That's hard to do to, you know, for one person to be able to do that. That's why I was saying sometimes, you, you know, you get a leader. and Absolutely. 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 All right. So let me let me ask you this. At what point during your journey here where you're working part time, uh, you know, as the as this web person uh, for a prestigious company there at Warner Media that at what point did you say, OK, I'm going to let go of my job and do visual collaborative full time? Talk about that, that that transition. Uh, it was a transition with. Uh I say a couple of false starts. <laughs> it's so, so it, that's a very, very good question, Bert. Thanks for asking that question. Um, for me, I had, a, so I was with IBM first. I was IBM before Warner Music. I was with IBM back in, I believe, 2002 to 2004. And full-time employee working at the Op Center in Minneapolis. And... I felt that there was doing lots of introspection. I do lots of introspection, uh, but that's a creative part of me. I there doing introspection and said, you know, I think there's a lot more. You know, there's this a corporate environment which works. Not to demonize um, the good parts about it, but there's some parts of it, just like in 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 academia and school. So you have, I think, Montessori schools. I, I don't know how it's pronounced, but different types of learning um, that are now becoming much popular. When you come out, you realize that maybe some models don't really um, work for you. So what I did was I took a break or just took a hiatus from IBM and turned to independent consult. So even with Warner Music, Atlantic Records, and some of the companies like WebMD or Imation or 3M, and so I've really moved around. I was independent consultant, and with an independent consultant, um, when you are uh, like um, a 1099 employee or doing a business to business, you have to learn a whole bunch of tools like taxes, um, you know, your business plan, um, a, a DMB, you know, again, Don's and Brothers company, um, um, ID, an EIN, and all those things. Those things help you structure whatever your avocation or your vocation is. And um, uh, slowly, when the time when I said, okay, dude, <laughs> yeah, this is going back and forth. It's kind of schizophrenic. You go back, you get your ass kicked, excuse my language, you get your butt kicked, and you go back into the corporate world. It's getting tiresome. And then your resume is impressive, but it's spotty. And then Recruiters who aren't necessarily, you know, maybe they're reading off a script. They're like, 
it, it doesn't follow their own conventional of, you know, maybe they're scared. You're not looking at the experiences that you're bringing, the unique experiences you're bringing um, to their company. They're looking like, how long have you stayed at a job? Why did you leave? Anyway, um, the last time I think I got let go at a company and I said, look, this pain is what I'm going to use to transform and use that to push me forward. And I just, I guess, um, and I also had like a personal nasty breakup. <laughs> I'd picked up Bishop Collaborative back on again, called picked up, uh, my Rolodex, called all my uh, colleagues and said, this is what I want to do. And um, they're like, oh, you sure you want to do this? I say, yeah, this is what I want to do. And then they would link me up with different people around the U.S. And I just started the traveling exhibition. And I went really, really hard. Um, some of the returns weren't what I, what I expected. But a part of me knew that I was building intellectual uh, property capital, uh, something I could trademark and um, you know, reserve for the long term. When I look at TEDx or South by Southwest or Social Media Week, they all started. Their stories weren't, you know, squeakly or right. perfect. So um, I went back and forth numerous of times. I eventually went back to IBM as a senior person, much older, much wiser. Uh, so I became an intrapreneur, an entrepreneur within the environment. Right. And, um, Dave Merritt. Uh, He's uh, one of the people who hired me for IBM um, in Virginia. And he was on his way out to retirement, but he could see what others could not see. And I would always think, David, thank you for that. He could see the experience and um, his wisdom just said, yeah, dude, you're going to be a keynote speaker. I don't care how long you're going to be with IBM, you're going to be a keynote speaker. And we're still in touch. And um, um, I, I'd say like around 31 32, that's when I just said, dude, even if you're going to keep going back and forth, structure your model in a way where there's some continuation. There's continuation. That's where you have uh, brand unity. Even if you're cross-brand with other people, have that visual collaborative name. If it's visual collaborative technologies, if it's visual collaborative arts, just find a way to have some consistency. This way... You're not short. You're not blocking out recruiters or blocking out people who are questioning what you're doing. You know there are people out there who may not agree with you business-wise, but it's always good to listen to what they're saying. And once you have, when you listen to what they're saying, your your own plans become much structured, or your own arguments become much structured. So, I like that. Yeah, you know, funny. You, uh, listening to your story about learning about EIN numbers and the Dun and Bradstreet and all that. That brings back so many memories, right? And I think that, again, that's part of the entrepreneurial experience. For the first time, you're hearing all these new terms and you're filling out all these new forms and you're trying to figure all this stuff out. Uh, so when it comes to the visual collaborative, and I'm glad you mentioned things like uh, TED and TEDx and, and uh, what do you call it, South by Southwest, uh, because listening to you, I think visual collaborative kind of, I put it kind of in that same category. It could do that. Um, great name, Visual Collaborative. I think it's a great name. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> and, and yeah, absolutely. And, and I think having a great name is really part of anybody's success. Um, 
I always like to joke around with the actor Kevin Bacon and said that, you know, part of Kevin Bacon's success, he's got bacon in his name, right? <laughs> I like that. <laughs> yeah, at least for at least for Americans, bacon is such an important yeah. thing for both Americans that, you know, it's, it's a big deal. But um, so, okay, so the visual collaborative business model today, do you get a commission? How do you, how does visual collaborative produce a profit or, or is that still, are you still working that out? Talk about, about your business model. Uh, that's that's a, another good question. Well, the before COVID, uh, so I can't divulge trade secrets. <laughs> you always want to have first movers advantage or whatever innovation you have. And then, uh, because once you, you're still solidifying, I guess your plans and you put it out there, you have the fast followers, I call them, who have a lot of money. They have a lot of money, a lot of capital, access to capital, but they don't have ideas. And then they could see the value and they could grab your idea and run with it. Uh, but for what I can talk about, Bishop Collaborative has two operator models. And the operator models, one is the exhibitions, which is uh, conferences, conferences sales. And that's a partnership with other bigger organizations who share the same values. It could be in the comic industry. It could be in the film industry. It could be in Nollywood, Nollywood in uh, Ghana, uh, Francophone, and then Nigeria. Those those um, uh, those economies are emerging economies. So we we are uh, interacting with we're international joint ventures to see how we can help train people. And uh, you have investors out there, investors who are putting their money just to see how far you can take this innovation. And, um, but how do we make profits? I'll just say true sales, true um, exhibition um, talks. And these are mini conferences, workshops to train people. How do you um, get to where you want to go to from where you are? Uh, there, there are different, um, um, I guess, different uh, uh, programs we push. But right now, we're at the juncture of webinars uh, webinars is a big deal. I mean, look at Zoom stock going out the roof. Out the roof, uh, yep, yep. So we're working at integrating um, uh, the masterclass component for what I can talk about. Um, I'm all about the element of surprise. Sure, but sure. Basically, we've had not just artists over the last, uh, Bishop Collaborative is about 14 years now. Um, not 14 solid years because I had to go back in and out, but we have a huge network of people, some people who have kept in touch, some people who have moved on to like other professions. They're no longer artists anymore because they're starving artists just can't, you know, it just can't, you know. You can only starve for so long. <laughs> you can only starve for so long. Um, so it's, uh, and the second model is really the technology. I'm a trained technologist. I went to school for technology. I was an early adopter technologist. Um, I was in circles with graphic designers, scientists, people who designed logos for some of the big companies in Silicon Valley. I'm not gonna mention their names, but we had access to different um, tools and different uh, things that are kind of like watered down now uh, before things became easy, where you actually were passionate about doing things. So some of those open source experiences, I brought them to Visual Collaborative and you know, I serve as the principal for some of the sectors, 
and let's say you had um, uh, you wanted to build like a city or so. I'm sure Visual Collaborative in its portfolio or um, human capital, people with resources, I can say, yeah, I know an architect. Oh, I think I know a policymaker somewhere or an urban planner. I know a graphic designer who would do a mural in your beautiful hotel, you know, and real estate and technology. And it, it sounds kind of broad. Uh, people in the age say stick to one thing like a stamp and get to where you want to go to and don't get off. And then the next two, three years, you see the same person having multifaceted things. And I'm just like, oh, you, you didn't say that before. What's going on? You know, so it's always about listening to your own voice and moving forward. And if you make a mistake, you know you made a mistake. If you lose something, it's yours to lose. You don't want to keep uh, plag- reading plagiarized texts. You, um, you can have something that's universally verified, factual, and apply it to what you ever you want to do, and it could work. But it's very important as well to take who you are and put that vision, like you mentioned Steve Jobs, of excellence or quality into your enterprise. And it would attract the right people. And um, you know, we'll really take that from there. Yeah, I love that. Absolutely. You, you know what? And I think that sometimes as entrepreneurs, uh, you know, as as business people, we have we play such pressure and such um, oh, uh, uh, such importance on making a profit uh, that we forget the importance of creating the process or having something that you can say, okay, this is, this is what we're going to do. And I think, uh, I think that, um, uh, yes, it is important to pay your bills. Yes. It's important for us all to make money and all that other stuff. But at the same time, at the end of it, you have to have something that you can look back at, like you're talking about that's, you know, came from you that you can say, yes, I am proud of this. This is what I created. It took me five, 10, 15, 20 years but look at, you know, I'm very proud of it. And I think, I think the average overnight success takes like 17 years anyway, right? Something like that. Yes, it's true. It's very true. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right, listen, day we're out of time, but I want to say thank you so very much. It's been a pleasure to meet you. And, uh, and so I'm going to pop up uh, the, the website up here one more time, Visual Collaboratives, for if you guys – want to go and check it out and start connecting with a day and his team you can go to visualcollaborative.com and uh i'm looking forward to catching up with you later yes yes thank you bert thanks everybody all righty